I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everyone, so I'm just going to jump in before this episode starts to let you know a couple of things. One, we had a little bit of a disaster with the microphones uh, on this one. So the sound on Beef's end isn't amazing, but it's listenable. Your ears will adjust pretty quick. Uh, The thing is, we had a guest on this one, and uh, one of the microphones that Beef was using his end we had an issue with, but we've managed to boost the other microphone so it picks up both their voices. They should be the same volume as me and Tis, they're just going to sound a little bit more echoey. Just letting you know that we know it's an issue. But like I said, it's still listenable. So there's that. Also, this episode does get a little bit political at points, as discussion episodes are want to do. So if that's not your thing, feel free to skip this one. Uh, I'm just letting you know beforehand. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. And here it is. Everyone who's saying it's so light and fun at the moment is going to be in for a shock when they get this one, because I knew it was going to get heavy. Just like, you know, wanker, fucking c- What are you doing? What are you fucking doing? We hurt our child on purpose, yeah. <laughs> This is the real us, baby. <laughs> One episode only. That's my tactic for everything in life. I, I fake it till I make it, baby. Hello, you're listening to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. We're back, baby. It's me, Bob Shoy, and I'm with my lovely regular co-hosts, Adam Tiss. Hello. And Beef. All right. And uh, we're kicking off this series with a discussion episode. And so on these sort of episodes, we always have an extra co-host with us. So Beef, would you like to introduce your good friend and extra co-host for this episode? Yeah, I would. So I'd like to extend a warm welcome to James, if you want to say hello. Uh, yeah, can do. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I've known James a few years now through church and just knew that he would be a good fourth voice on this episode. So I invited him along. Fantastic. Well, uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. So, uh, just we haven't done a discussion episode for a while, so just a recap for listeners who are joining us uh, new. What we do is we try and do one of these every now and then. It used to, we originally said every 10 episodes, but we've done about six ever, So, but they're really fun to do. So we choose a topic, and us three uh, regular hosts, we sort of come into the discussion with two or three questions or discussion points around that topic, and we'd like to have an extra voice uh, who can come in and, and chip in their thoughts as well. And this discussion topic was chosen by Tiss. So Tiss, tell us what it is and why you chose it. 
this one I've really is... come in like a proper host on this one. Yeah, <laughs> I, feel, I feel very good about you've, myself. You've matured in Europe. Yeah, I've just come back from holiday like yesterday, so now I'm like fresh and ready to go. I wish I was just as fresh. I chose this subject actually ages ago when I was really, really enthusiastic about it, and now I'm semi-enthusiastic oh. about it. But Good I'm start. hoping oh, great. <laughs> you guys can really pull it Strap through. in. Uh, no, it's it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a good subject. It's about ego. Yes. Uh, and yeah, as I said, I can't remember why I chose this subject. <laughs> I chose it a well, long I, time ago. I can't either because you didn't actually tell us why. <laughs> I was waiting for you to tell us why on the episode. Oh, God. You're going to tell us now, surely. I... <laughs> I, You'd uh, think so, wouldn't you? <laughs> you? You've clearly not listened to this before. <laughs> Two hours later, and we still don't know why. No. I, I feel like it will come out through the episode. I, I, I'm fascinated by the e- the idea of ego and the connection it has to our lives and what everyone's opinion of that is, because I've got an opinion about what an ego is, but I'm interested to know your guys' thoughts and I thought it'd be a good discussion episode uh, I think it'd be a rabbit hole that we're going to go down today so I, I took it as that we were going on uh, Sigmund Freud's idea of what the ego is uh, the part of the three constructs that make up the psyche uh, the id, the ego and the superego okay. oh. um, is that what you're going for Tis? no I've never read any of Freud <laughs> Right, okay, so um, just a quick uh, layman's terms on that. So the human psyche made up of the id, the ego, the superego. Uh, the id is uh, instinct, basically. It's uh, your sexual drive, your aggressive drive, your pure instinctiveness. Uh, the superego is um, sort of your moral conscious, what you should be doing, what you think you should be doing. And then the ego is the mediator, the realist. It's okay, I've got to balance my absolute id urges and my uh, superego moral conscious into actually me, what I am. Uh, so it's the self, it's the ego, it's the balancing of the two sides of us that create us in the middle, Huh? if, if that makes sense. That's the first time I've ever heard of that. Yeah, that's different. Okay. Well, that's the way <laughs> that's the way I approached it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I thought we were approaching it. So I like that we don't discuss it beforehand. So there we go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We could spend the whole time discussing, yeah, just what it means to us, I guess. Mm. I mean, it's not just that. I think it's such a broad thing to discuss, and it involves so much. Um, I, I hadn't realised just how much of us is ego Mm. and the different things that influences and so for example i didn't realize that if you've got um so if you've just got a healthy ego so that you're you're confident but not cocky and you're you're self-assured you know exactly what you're good at and what you're bad at and you're happy with that and you've got a relatively good mental health your your dreams are going to mirror that as well because obviously your brain doesn't turn off. So your brain will mirror that. And so you're less likely to get nightmares and things like that. Um, you might also be less likely to dream because your brain, your psyche, your being, you're at peace with yourself. Mm. So yeah, Rachel, Rachel told me this, uh, cause she obviously teaches year 12 and 13 psychology. Right. Um, Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's broad. You can approach it any way you like, I guess. 
it seems that yeah. we've all sort of approached it from different directions, which I like. Yeah. And I, I will be honest, like, I forgot that we're recording today and I have been on holiday. So I've, I've sort of scrabbled my thoughts together in, in sort of about an hour ago. Yeah. yeah. We're, yeah, me we're too. in the same boat there, Bob. <laughs> okay. Well, tis, <laughs> nothing new. Yeah. Tiss normally crops up at some point and tells us that he hasn't got any questions. I, I usually forget that questions are brought to the table on discussion episodes. Uh, I remembered this time. And the, actually, the questions are probably as good as they were going to get. So let's. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, so yeah. is that you volunteering to put forward the first questions and it was your topic? Yeah, fuck yeah. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Right, wow, okay. Enthusiastic. Um, how is the ego useful uh, to us as a species? Mm. That's a good question. Do you want to offer your thoughts? Sure. Um, <laughs> Starts with his own question. <laughs> I had <laughs> I had something earlier that was really interesting. Um, that originally, primitive man had like an ego to help us survive and interpret the material world. And as we've evolved and sort of uh, progressed, that ego. That we don't need it so much so it's kind of had a bit of a crisis in a sense that that's that's where we're um i don't know how to put it but i feel like we ego problems weren't something a long time ago whereas now the ego has had to reinvent itself because it's its role has changed massively as our society and needs have changed massively so what would you classify as an ego problem? An ego problem? Mm, you just said ego problems. Uh, well, just the problem of, you know, uh, before we were pretty busy hunting stuff and, and not conceptualizing ourselves in the way we do these days. Right. Uh, ego these days, I think, is like a conceptual se- uh, sense of where we're going and who we are. So do you, do by that do you mean that previously you would consider that we would be more um, social minded and now we are more single minded? Maybe. Bob Bob's come in like Paxman. Yeah, I really, <laughs> I thought that's quite into me. Um, it's because I was really thinking hard about my questions, and this really does link into what one of the things I was thinking of mm. um, because I kept going back and forth on it. Um, like nowadays, like currently, do we think people are more or less ego-minded? And so Tiss, with his opening gambit there, was saying um, he thinks that possibly we used to be more social-minded and more now the ego has become more to the forefront. Um, and I was sort of like going back and forth on it thinking, well, are we or are we not? And then I'm thinking, well, actually, we're, it's both. It, it's We are now more ego-minded than ever and and also more social-minded than ever. And I think that's why currently in society we have a real divide um, over like sort of uh, communistic ideas and real sort of, um, I don't know, sort of this sort of like everyone for themselves, uh, the capitalist idea of like the, uh, I'm going to get angry political messages again, you know, the, the false uh, meritocracy idea of like, you know, you can be and strive and individually become greater or do mm. we put our efforts into being more um, sort of society minded and, and stuff? And I, I feel like that real divide. Like individualism versus collectivism. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. And where Tiss was talking about early man, that wasn't a choice because we were we're tribal people and you couldn't you couldn't survive on your own. You didn't have the yeah. skills. Whereas now you could you can get a job and you can be self sufficient and you know fuck the rest of the world and do what you want. Exactly. Yeah. You the the the, the current sort of climate of the world is is giving you that choice. If you want to be completely selfish, it's possible mm. and actually a very easy way to make money. But that I feel like that's a conception. A conception because it it is possible but uh is that a trick is it a trick of the ego is is that that's what i mean when you say ego problems the ego before didn't have a choice whether to do the individual thing whereas now it perceivably does because of the resources we have but is that a sort of trap that the ego has fallen into and in a sense uh yeah i, I don't know what i'm saying I just think that there's so if you look at so Greek, uh, the Greek for ego is just self or I right if you wanted to strip it right back so ego is not good or bad it can be both mm-hmm. and you you could probably say that throughout our lives it's more like it's more like a balance that you've got to kind of weigh it all the way through like um like you'd weigh out something on on some scales you've got to get the balance right and I wonder whether yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I think, like, we probably now have... We're more aware now than we needed to be. It's not just our kind of carnal nature and our desire as humans to just, you know, to either eat or to mate or to hunt or whatever. It's not just instincts and urges. We're also aware of so much more now. And I wonder whether now... It feels to me, like, particularly... um throughout this year that people have become aware that actually everything that people thought was important so ego success going after something being my own person serving myself doesn't mean shit Mm. and actually people are probably realizing more more than ever they need their friends they need their family you know your job isn't necessarily going to be your security throughout life and you need other things that people probably put to the sideline or maybe just taken for granted like we've said this year before that we've just taken these things for granted and yeah not really thought about it so maybe now our ego is more aware that we need we need outside influence we need to share we need to be at peace with people we need to um involve other people in the process of growing ourselves like we we can't just be self-sustainable because it doesn't quite work in the way that we were so sure it could yeah and I like you say, I think, especially recording this in towards the back half, getting into the back half now, 2020, um, the hated 2020 for future listeners. This is, um, I think people now have taken a lot of stock over this year of what's important to them and what they miss when it's taken away from them. And um, that's led to some really bad uh, thoughts and ideas coming out. Uh, like I said, everyone's divided more so than ever and everything that happens to us divides us further at the moment. But also I think that um, it's helped people realize how much, how important their community, their friends, their family, those things are to them. You know, if, 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 well, I'm, I'm going to get off topic. I go into that. I was going to say that the, 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 the terrible things have happened this year politically and, 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 and not, through natural causes if if there's anyone out that hasn't been politically radicalized by the things that have been happening this year then what would it take but that's just me getting on my soapbox again we'll <laughs> stop that it's a discussion <laughs> episode so it's, uh, it leads to me going insane um someone else talk i need to make my notes 
Yeah, Tiss, so what, what would you consider to be the ego problems? That was the original question, I think. Uh, the ego problems. Well, like you said, I think it is a balance. I don't think that uh, destroying our egos completely is the answer or that... Uh, like there's a really good quote which i can't remember who said it but it was like if you didn't have an ego you wouldn't know at the dinner table whose mouth to put the food into you know you'd be feeding other people because you need an ego to know that i've got to feed myself i've got to survive right you know i've got to look after myself in a sense well like beef said it's just it's just the self just the self ego is you but self doesn't have to be selfish though no it's um like you said like your idea saying it's the balance that is what Freud was saying with the id and the superego it's the balance between those things the balance of our natural urges to our moral compass in the middle of those things yeah. is the ego and it is what makes us it creates who we are and yeah. it is that balance that's what I find uh, whenever I've taken psychedelics and had an ego death I find that uh, yeah the explain the, Go uh, on. the 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 <laughs> The I. I like that he presumes that we and the listeners are totally like, oh, yeah, yeah, we, when we uh, you know, dropped acid and had an ego death, I know exactly yeah. what you're on about. <laughs> Just remind yeah. me what an ego death is, sorry. It's yeah. been a while since I had one. Uh, it's, it's where <laughs> just, the... Just to quote Louis through meaning. <laughs> <laughs> it's where you completely uh, disassociate with the material you that exists now and realize the i that has existed all along and the i that you are i'm I'm saying you for both people but actually Mm -hmm. i feel like it's two beings inside of me i'd call one the ego and one the i right i wouldn't say about the super ego i'd say that one is the moral compass and and the ego is the kind of um yeah, the carnal need for things, the right. need for sensory gratification, attachment to the material world, attachment to what is going on physically rather than what is going on infinitely. An, an idea I had in following that train of thought is like, sometimes I think of the ego as like, okay, that's me in my physical form. Mm-hmm. It's me as I think I exist as a person yeah um that's the ego and separating that is who i really am which is just um energy this yes is on, this is getting a wavelength now energy is part of a collective universe breaking away from the ego of what i think i am in this shell in yeah. this body in this mind and breaking the ego is um just becoming I'm, I'm making a lot of hand gestures now that listeners won't be able to see, but making me disperse into pure energy as part of the universe, as part yeah. of what everyone is, a, a giant collective. Am I on the right way? That's exactly what I'd say, yeah. yeah. Yes. That's how I think of it. It's like your ego is Bobby Lee, you know, you like comics, you like these, but that's your ego that likes those right. things. It's like that's the material you. Uh, and this links me to my next question. Uh, does the ego travel to the afterlife or does it die with the body? And I'd say, for me, the ego is what dies. The ego is the thing that is scared of dying. And the, yeah, the, all the anxieties to do with death and life and understanding f- 
finite life is the ego's understanding of that and the i myself true myself is the one that is very at peace with the whole process because it understands that that isn't the end following that idea it almost suggests that de- death is freedom uh pff, quite possibly i mean i wouldn't mm. wouldn't uh champion that cause because it can lead people down terrible yeah exactly holes. that's uh, i would love to know um what james and and beefy think of that yes. idea though yeah, that's why I pose those questions, actually, because I want to get Beef's and James's opinion uh, from a Christiani point of view on the ego. What, on the, whether your ego goes on with you? Yeah, does it continue with you to the afterlife? Both that and the whole, the whole subject as well. I was quite interested. It's interesting, isn't it, because the, the Bible doesn't mention ego mm. um, in as many, many terms, but it's an interesting thought that I've spent quite a bit of time thinking about and what what it means to be in this kind of heavenly body if you will for a a lack of a better word but death essentially means death of your your current form and I've always wondered what that what my new form would be like and that's a really interesting thought that Tiss has proposed that if, if you take away that egotistical slash ego side of yourself then that makes a lot of sense that kind of it's still you but it's a a better form of you it it cuts out that dirty horrible earthly thoughts and, and and thinking and worries and stresses and you're just your your pure self living on a, a higher plane mm. so i think it's a really interesting way of thinking about it yeah actually that's quite interesting like um from a christian viewpoint which obviously obviously i don't have as much knowledge on but the idea of a heavenly afterlife uh eternal bliss or whatever the idea of stripping away some of those like ego-centered stresses to free you to be happy is a really interesting approach to the idea of like eternal bliss yeah like a release of some form of the ego yeah i think it's um the the way i'd answer that is um so whilst yeah the bible doesn't talk about ego you couldn't find the word ego in in the bible i think when when the closest you could get is to the way the Bible gives wisdom on how you should behave with other people, how you should interact, what you should what you should focus on, what you shouldn't focus on, all that sort of stuff. It's all all of that kind of stuff you can find in like the book of Proverbs where it kind of just lists wisdom, which is just good for you. And a lot of it actually it's interesting to see how a lot of it is um centered on serving other people. And not being greedy, not being selfish. So it's trying to. The more the more I read Proverbs, it seems to me like more of it is. If we're ta- if we're talking about ego, it's on how do you balance your ego? How do you give yourself peace whilst you're on the earth? How do you? And a lot of it is centered in in like I say, serving other people and not being selfish. In how do we how um you know how kind are you to people? Do you stop when people need help? Do you stop and offer help um and mm-hmm. a lot of it is is that that would then in turn make you more peaceful and give you the balance that you might be looking for in life and i guess most of us are just kind of wandering through life looking to be peaceful with ourselves and with other people um but yeah i guess that's kind of um i think the bible talks a lot about spirit soul and body um and obviously your body is just the the fleshy vessel that we mm. live in then you've got your soul, which is kind of connected to uh, like emotion and 
um, probably a lot of the, which is probably where a lot of the negative ego stuff comes from and your ability to empathize with other people and your awareness of, um, I guess the awareness of like sin and how sin has an effect on people. And I'm talking about uh, not necessarily the choices we make as people, but how your choices affect others. And so a lot of a lot of the time when Jesus is talking about sin, he's talking about the negative impact your choices can have on others. Um, it's not like stop sinning, otherwise I'm not going to want to, God isn't going to want to be with you. It's more like your sin affects other people. You should realize the, the effect and the, the consequences your actions have on others. Um, so, and that's kind of like your your spirit is that kind of, would you say the kind of ethereal, uh, you know, understanding of, like you were saying about, um, how did you word it? You said that you the of being at peace and having like a higher understanding of, I can't yeah. remember how you worded it. I mean, there's a question that I threw out when I was probably about 13 or 14 was what, what happens when you die and will you, will you be given a new brain sort of, sort of thing? Because there is so much to, to get your head around in the, in the afterlife. I think it's, um, I was thinking, you know, how, how will God kind of put this right with me? Will I be given a completely new way of thinking? But I think what it's actually going to be is that we'll, we'll gradually be, be getting there. So it's a, it's a very gradual process of almost balancing out your ego. But at the start of this uh, conversation, I was thinking that having an ego is a, a bad thing. But actually what Tiss has been saying, I think it's more about bring your ego into line with with the rest of the world, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And not having a not having it go one way or the other. Sort of being being at peace, almost like a like a chi, if you will. Yin and yang. Yeah. Totally. That's actually one of my questions which we've actually kind of been talking about was um overall, do we see the ego as a positive or negative thing? And like James is just saying, I think the instinct is to think, oh it's negative, it's selfishness, it's it's all that stuff. But yeah. I was just thinking of the link to uh, the word egotistical, which has yeah. many negative connotations. Yeah, and I think that's too, when I think it's almost like that saying egotistical. If you break it down, would be like you're leaning too much into the self side of what the ego is, whereas the ego, just as a, as an idea, isn't inherently a negative thing. It is just a balance of who we are. Like uh, Beef said, it's it's the self. It's yeah. It's just who we are, and it's balancing it to be a good ego, not not a bad not a bad idea. Yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's there's there's a balance, and there's it's almost like at some point you could kind of cross that line and start becoming really selfish, and that's where you get people who they talk about like toxic ego, mm-hmm. where they're so so up themselves that actually it harms other people. But then if you have nothing, that's where you get people who have very, very little self-worth, um, can't ever find any true meaning or purpose and and really strive. And um, yeah, it's like you need a bit of both. You need to be able to be comfortable with who you are and confident and like know what your strengths are and know that it's okay to say that you've got strengths and you've got things that you're good at and you recognize how that can impact others whilst also kind of respecting the fact that and I guess that's where it's like I don't know it's almost like a politeness like you've got to realize that yeah you're not the only person on the planet and you've got people who 
there are people who rely on you to not be an asshole. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to word it. <laughs> well, it's it's like you said. Like, do you when you see someone? Um, you and James are saying before. Like, you see someone. Do you help them if they need help? Hmm. Um, and what I was thinking is, I think a lot of people say someone falls over or something, and do you go and help them up or not, or do you pretend you didn't see it or ever? And I think we've all been guilty of every side of that. We've all helped we've all sort of pretended we haven't seen something or whatever or most people have and i think nearly all people would think back to those situations or even in the moment and be like i wish i helped like why didn't i help why didn't i just step up and help because it doesn't cost anything and um that is almost like the battle between the ego and the super ego or it's that your super ego is saying go and help that person yeah and Mm -hmm. what we all want to be is the person that goes to help that person and it's like that is almost like a, 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 a thought, an idea of what that ego, superego versus the id is. It's like, did our ego balance that out and go and help that person? Or did we lean too far onto one side? Or And that thought you had there feels like um, an explanation to why people who don't have a religious belief are good people. There's mm-hmm. something within them that wants them to do good things. Yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's that's probably a really common misconception that if you're if you're religious or if you're a Christian or if you have any kind of faith, you're going to be a good person. You don't automatically have a halo over you. No, I know some fucking awful Christians. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it also, I think, is the the biggest misconception. Other than that, is that if you have a faith or if you're a Christian, you can have an easy life. Yeah. And that's not true either. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Become a buddy study, I'll have a great laugh. Yeah. <laughs> that seems like the easiest option, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Tia, so you should tell us about that. You're like the most Buddhist person I know. Buddhist person? Uh, I wish. I wish. Yeah. Yeah, I I guess I'll just echo what you guys were saying about balancing the ego. I think from myself, I've realized that I've gone through journeys of wanting to banish the ego and live without ego and just be as good as I can. But that isn't possible. The duality of inside us, the more you banish the ego, the more it comes back in really insidious ways and tries to get you to self-identify with it and the material world and and that leads to more problems. So it's it's keeping that sort of uh, naughty child inside of you kind of happy and understanding it. Um, Yeah. It's just learning those lessons, particularly when you think about materialism. Because you, like I remember from quite an early age, you you start to apply happy emotions to owning things and owning something new, especially if it's brand new. Yeah. You take great yeah. pride in that kind of stuff. And I think at some point you, you realise without actually like voicing it internally or like making a big deal out of it, you realise that material possessions are not going to bring you happiness. They're not going to, not long-term happiness anyway. Like it's never going to last. No. At some point those possessions are just going to... There'll be something new. Like, you buy a new iPhone, there's literally one another month. 
Um, I think everyone goes through that transition as well. I think when we are sort of going through our teenage years, we fall prey to that. Like what you're saying, it's about what you have and what you like and, and stuff. Um, I always think about, you know, the film High Fidelity? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he talks about like, you know, tastes in music and record collections and stuff. And um, something that always sort of appealed to me when I was a teenager and I was, you know, big music nerd was he said uh, nowadays it's 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 what you like not what you are like so our what we become as a person is is the things we like and the things that we own um and i and i it's been a long time since i saw the film as a teenager that appealed to me of like yeah i am what i like i'm cool because i like these things and i think that's the point he's making but by the end of the film it's like no you, you should also it's that's not quite right it's it's not that at all it's it's the that's the wrong mindset and it's actually about who you are as a person and uh as i got older i was like oh my ideas about what that message was were wrong as a teenager and that's just part of sort of maturing i guess yeah and it isn't what you like and what 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 you own and things it's who you are and what you are like yeah totally but not everyone comes to realize that right some people go their whole lives thinking yeah if I just you know buy this buy that, I'll I'll be I'll be happier. I'll be a better person, and then blow their brains out. I think that all goes into strengthening the ego as well. Because if the ego is you know, I am you know stick with that record collector. I'm a record. I collector. am. I, I have every record. I always mm. own every record, and and you get attached to that. It's like you buy into that, and then you become that character. When mm. really that's just the ego latching on to those sorts of things and if you can move past that idea that sort of like pubescent idea into the realizing oh no i am who i am not you know the things i like and the things i own that is like a balancing of the ego moving too far from one side and back into a a creamy middle (laughs) (laughs) lovely (laughs) and that's why it can be easier from a christian standpoint because you're thinking, um, God, God made me this way, and that's why I am this way. So it's a, it's a little bit easy to think from that standpoint. I was I was created for a reason, and I am I'm here, and, and I've got a job to do. So from that standpoint, it's a little bit easier being a. It's not often easy being a Christian, but that's the one, the one time it is a little bit easier. Mm. I had a crazy thought earlier. Actually, uh, I wanted to pitch to you guys uh, because basically, you know how Jesus is God, right? Mm. is that right i'm I'm not go on yeah (laughs) right cool cool we're we're not gonna go into the theology of the trinity stop me if i'm talking bollocks at any point let's get can we get into the semantics for a bit please (laughs) yeah (laughs) well i was thinking like is do you think like i always got confused by that because i was like how can jesus be god how can he be two because i was like god's this person he's the son of god and god but do you think uh jesus was the ego of God, his he manifested himself on earth, and therefore he had to take on an ego, and that ego was Jesus. So Jesus, maybe, maybe Jesus is God plus ego. So he isn't a separate part, but he's that with that added on, like the human mm. ego. Yeah, I like yeah. that. So when Jesus uh, died for our sins, it was like his ego died, his material ego died, but you know, he God didn't die. He dropped acid and had an ego again. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. if LSD was synthesized back then, he would have uh, <laughs> potentially tried it. <laughs> the burning bush was supposed to be uh, something similar, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I really wasn't expecting you to ask that question. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's a good question. I felt like it linked in a little bit. I felt like it. Uh, it I felt like just then I realised I was like, oh, that clears it up. That makes sense. If that helps me. you sleep at night, man, that's fine. <laughs> it's like, this just explained the Bible. Well, that clears that up. I'd love that. To a theologist. I'd listen to that podcast. <laughs> oh, I've been, I've been pitching for that for a while. I just want Tiss to retell the Bible. I would love <laughs> that podcast. I'd love to do I've that. I've had listeners say that's what they want as well. <laughs> me retelling the it's Bible. spin-off pod. <laughs> Uh, has anyone got another question? I've got one more. Um, I've got another one, but it's a bit bonkers. Song in a wait. Okay, leave it for last. If if we get to it, it's one of them. Like if we get to it, I'll throw this in yeah. the ring. So there's one thing um, that I always think. Sorry, beef. No, no, it's fine. I was just looking at which ones we've already gone through with mine, uh, which is like maybe two. Yeah, we're sort of we've probably got like similar things that like when we get on discussions over one question, it sort of leads into ideas that we've all put because that's sort of what's been happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I guess one question I'd be interested to ask. Uh, well, James can answer too, but it's probably going to be you guys more. Is so we were talking about how I suppose for us our faith is our moral compass, and actually. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be much different to you guys because if you if you look through for example the 10 commandments that's basically law now for for everyone like don't murder people and um and other things are just good sense like not lying or not stealing all no those craven things. images yeah. don't cover um, your neighbor's ass yeah exactly yeah yeah don't <laughs> cover your neighbor's wife and all that stuff oxen is it but so i suppose but i suppose there are still other things which define christian morality so i suppose my question to you would be what checks do you guys bob and tis what do you put in place to keep your ego where you want it to be bob do you want to start um like most things in my life i don't really think about it i float on by and i hope i'm getting it right i think a lot of people just hope they're getting it right um sort of calling back to the idea earlier of like you know we all have those times let's use the example i said earlier if someone fallen over do you help them or not i think we've all had times maybe less severe more severe that exact example where we thought i wish i helped i wish i did that i wish i reacted differently to that in a more like morally centered ideal of what i am as a person and when i've when that's happened i've always just think well, if that happens again, I know I react differently because I want, I'm not satisfied with the way I reacted at that time. And it's just a constant battle of being better. I, I think you know, we owe it to ourselves and, and each other to constantly strive to be a better version of ourselves. Mm. And my morals lie in, in that location. So um, with the things... We, we, we've talked a lot on our social medias and even on the, the pod about the things uh, involving the Black Lives Matter movement from this year. And so you think, well, could I have done things better? Could I have helped more? Could I have said something 
different? Could I have um, stood up for for things when some, or did I keep my mouth shut when someone said certain things? And that's an example I think of like self analyzing. Um, that I think a lot of people did when that was happening. You, you sort of look at the way you reacted in the past and currently, and how can I be a better version in in, in that cause? And it's just that for everything in my life, I think. Mm. Um, like a, a striving for a better me. Mm. And I think that sort of self-growth is really important. And at some point, I think you just start thinking that way. I hope people do start thinking that way as, as you mature. But what yeah. makes you want to be a, a better person? What What is inside you that wants you to grow and mature? Um, I would say I'm not on the side of self and um, the viewpoint of, of this person is more important than this person because of who they are. Uh, I, um, so... Basically, it's, it's about equality. So everyone's born equal. So if you believe that, then everyone owes it to each other to be a, a better person. And then eventually, if everyone did that, then the world would be a quote unquote better place. Mm-hmm. If we all try and do our bit and be better people, we are better to each other and the whole world runs nicer. Now, the, the counterpoint to that would be to say, well, some people just aren't though. Some people just won't. So what's the point? It's, it's what people argue of things like recycling. Well, not everyone recycles. So what's the point? Well, if everyone thought like that, no one would do it and there'd be no betterment. Mm. But mm. If you just do it, then at least you are making a slight difference, even if it's tiny. Don't think about how small that difference is. Mm. Just try and be the good version of it. And uh, hopefully enough people will think like that if everyone starts doing it that the whole of humanity would gradually become better. Even if it's a small increment, it's still better. Um, so that is why I always strive to be better because I think if everyone did, and I hope that everyone would or will, given the chance to think about themselves. And I do a lot of self-reflection, um, especially recently, like just stopping and thinking about myself, my situation. And, and I think... If everyone did that, like that's what I, th- that's, I do. You understand what I'm trying to say? If everyone did yeah. it, then we, the world would be better. That's why I want to do it. Be, the be, recycling is the smallest be, idea be that the, I can think of. Be the world you want to see, right? Be the change you want to yeah. see in the world, right? Oh, literally, I'm wearing a t-shirt that says "Be the change" right now. Be the <laughs> so, change. There you go. So that Gandhi, Gandhi over there. <laughs> oh God, it was on your t-shirt the whole time <laughs> <laughs> all I had to do was look at my webcam. That's what I was trying to say. Be the change. Be the change. Mm. I think you are right though. I was thinking particularly when you think of like the the Black Lives Matter movement and uh I think my attitude towards that has changed. Not that I've ever been racist, but you just I think um but like I think particularly as a Christian, I think I have tried harder to voice when things are wrong mm. and to use social media for example as a way of pointing out this is wrong and I don't think it's okay um so not just BLM but um another example would um it wasn't so long ago when the uh when when was holding the bible up and used that photo opportunity um now maybe five years ago I would have kept quiet and just gone that's not my that's not my thing I don't agree with it but it's not my thing. I don't need to get involved. And I think now more than ever, it's like, no, that very much is 
for me to get involved. Um, because I think American evangelicals, not all of them, lots of them are very lovely, but some have got lost in, in Trumpism and almost use him as their savior rather than Jesus. And it's like they've replaced him with, with Trump. Jesus too. Jesus point two. Yeah. yeah. Jesus mark yeah. two. Um, so I think it's more important than ever, particularly for Christians to say, no, that's not okay. You don't get to do that. And that's, we don't agree with it. And to explain why. And I think that's, that's the same with Black Lives Matter. Again, probably 10 years ago, you know, not, none of this is new. Um, but I may be, no, I may not have voiced anything about it because I'd, I wouldn't have known what to say or I would have been worried about saying the wrong thing or something like that. And I think now it's, it's like you say, Bob, like, if all of us think that way, no change is going to take place. But for for change to happen, we have to we have to say something, even if it is just a really, um, you know, like it doesn't take long to put something out on social media, and that's a really quick way of getting your voice heard. Um, as much as we might hate social media, that is actually a, a platform where it can have a positive effect, and it can be really positive for you to. Just chuck your chuck your voice out there and and see what happens, and then eventually it might start to shift because we all have people on our social media which you kind of you're aware that your views aren't aligned. You know you don't you don't think they're assholes, otherwise they wouldn't be your friend. But they're not quite there, and you know they might disagree with you on some of these things. And it's it's I think it's your responsibility to try and kind of help people understand a bit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I've been going the opposite way on social media. So if anyone says all lives matter, muted straight away, blocked, forget it. Yeah. No time for that. <laughs> I got in a bit of trouble on the uh, Leeds <laughs> Facebook page for that. <laughs> Did you post all lives matter? <laughs> no. I <no. laughs> <laughs> nip that in the bud straight away. Uh, yeah. They, um, I think what Beef is saying, like, it is that real being more outspoken about those things, though, uh, using social media as an, as an example, it's today. This year is the year I realised actually social media can be used for good, rather than just moaning about using it the whole time, but still using it, and um, being outspoken about those things. Um, I've definitely always kind of been um, outspoken about my political views and stuff, um, which some people don't enjoy. But the this year, I feel like I've really just gone, ah, oh, fuck it. You know, I'm going to say what I'm going to say. And if people don't want to listen, don't listen. I don't want you to listen then. And um, what you're saying about being more outspoken on social media is really a balance of what I said earlier about of the things that happened this year. Like, if you haven't been radicalized, what would it take? Like, what would it take mm. for you to stand up if you're not standing up for the things that happened this year? Um, also, it's personal growth and being more confident in your ideas and saying, no, this is what I think. And I think this is right and having that confidence in it and the other is because of we do this podcast um and it is a kind of we have more listeners i think than we ever expected that we would have and part of me feels like if you have a listenership who will listen to what you're saying you almost have a duty to um sort of sort of sort of use your voice for good mm. Uh, you have a, a, a an audience of people that will listen to what you say and not that you're going to order them, but to say, this is what I think. And if you agree with what I say, maybe listen to this. Anyway, if you like me as a person, if you like listening to my ideas, this is also what I think. This is a positive idea. Hopefully it will get through to you. If not, that's fine. But you almost have a duty to say 
who you are in some ways mm. without being overly aggressive with it. Mm. It's yeah, a, It's a chance for you guys to evangelise, really. And hopefully some of those good points that you're spreading out will stick to, to the listeners and they'll take it on board. I mean, I definitely lost a few followers this year <laughs> over things. Worth it. But then I found myself gaining them as well, and it actually balanced out, and I think I ended up with a few more than I started with. That's cool. <laughs> after the whole hubbub. So good on you. Good on you, listeners and followers. I'd say one thing I'm, I'm definitely guilty of is um, listening to someone talk and waffle on about whatever. They might have a, a terrible point of view. They might, you know, kill refugees or vote Trump or something uh, um, I'll never stand up and say look you're talking shit mm. and that's one thing I really want to improve in, in my life and I'm sure there's other people who want to want to do that as well it's just yeah stand up for your beliefs and even if it's just in conversation or if, it, if you do own a podcast I think it's really important to stand up for your beliefs and, and let other people know what you believe in I think um, in the workplaces that me and Tiss work in especially um, you do hear things that rub you the wrong way mm. and it can be hard to address them in that environment. Um, yeah. Tis, do you agree? Have you got an example? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I never stand up to people at work though, because, uh, that you're almost surrounded in that world, to be honest. Yeah. It's really hard. I'm not used to being in a place where I'm the minority thought I, I surround myself with people who I, I normally have the same ideas as me, but yeah. my work is very much the other way. And so I, it's almost like a little tiny taste of what it is to be marginalized. Cause if you say, if I said one thing the other way, I would be like hounded on. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and I have addressed it sometimes. And the times I haven't, I wish I had, but it's still very hard to step up to negative ideas. Uh, I remember as far back as when the Brexit vote came in, um, I was the only one in my workplace who voted to remain as part of Europe. I love Europe. And uh, they all sort of given me a lot of shit about that uh, to the point where they thought I was just saying it as a wind-up. They couldn't believe that I would want to be part of Europe. Everyone thought I was taking the piss out of them. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, I mean the 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 site agent at that job, um, he's really hated Polish people, really hated them, said horrible things about them all the time. Didn't want any Polish people on his building site. Mm. Uh, he, he was a black guy, and um, he said um, he said, "Oh, if you, are you going to vote? What way are you voting on Brexit?" I said, "Well, I'm going to. I've already voted. Actually, I I did a postal vote that time because I wasn't at home. I said I've done a postal vote. I've already voted. Um, I voted to remain, of course." And he said, oh, you, you got, you're kidding me. You thought I was joking. He kept laughing. And he said, uh, you've got to vote to, to stay part of Europe. People say I'm racist for saying that, but how can I be racist? I'm black. <laughs> I said, well, you're racist because you hate Polish people. <laughs> and then I didn't go back to his site again. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the thing. And I've heard this quite a lot. There's a, there's a guy that I used to know who's a builder. He's a brickie. And, and, and um, he was trying to delicately tell me that basically that Polish people make bad brickies. Um, and he started, he I was having this conversation and, and he said, he was like, oh yeah, just they're careless and um, they're quite like messy and they do like a rubbish job. And, and I stopped him and I said, but hang on a minute. I said, that's not because they're Polish. Mm, you just had a bad worker. And I said, but if you were a bad brickie, 
That's because you're a brand. <laughs> no, that's because that's your attitude. That's that's you yeah. as a person. There's nothing to do with your. Inter- that's nothing to do with your nationality or who you are. And and you went, yeah, yeah, no. it is. I'm like, and I just realised at that point, I'm like, we're never gonna. I'm never gonna get you to agree on this. Yeah, you're not gonna beat that person. If you genuinely believe that people can be bad bricklayers because they're Polish, I don't know how to infiltrate that and get you to understand other ways. Like, yeah. I just couldn't, I don't know, I couldn't get it. But, um, like the first site I was on when I moved up here, um, the labourer there said to me, you know, oh, so where, where have you moved from? I said, oh, you know, sort of somewhere, sort of between London and Milton Keynes. He said, oh, I'm not surprised you moved. I couldn't live around there. Way too many foreigners. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, what do I say? I, at that time, that was one of the one times I was just like, fuck this guy, because I hated that site anyway. I didn't care if I get kicked off. I said, oh, sorry, I didn't realise you are a racist, and went off into the unit yeah. and carried on working. But I was like, what's he going to do? He's the labourer. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but it's it's knowing when you can. The ideal, in the ideal world, you would say, if you should always stand up and say the thing you believe. But sometimes it is hard, mm. and sometimes it isn't possible, as much as you would like to think it is. Hmm. Or is it? Or is it? Is it worth getting your head kicked in for? Well, it's part of your self-preservation as a human, isn't it? You're, it's hard-coded into your DNA to survive. And so yeah. going along with a racist brickie is one way to stop your head getting kicked in and you carry on to propagate your own genes, even though you hate yourself for it. Exactly. You put a price on your morals yeah. almost. Like, okay, I, if I, I might lose my job over this, the most extreme. Well, I need to pay my rent. I need to live. Mm. And... So if I just ignore what this horrible person says, whose opinion I'm never going to change, is that worth it to keep my job and make that extra money? And then I'll offset that by giving some to charity and then I've made the world better. And all I had to do was listen to one slur that wasn't even aimed at me. But I think it depends I, on... It's horrible. It's, it's a balance of what is my morals, what price is my morals. I think there are ways of doing it. I think you don't have to be... Um... So, yeah, you don't have to maybe be so heavy-handed. And there are little, maybe little things that you can do. So I have I saw a Facebook post um, uh, a while ago. And it was, ah, uh, you know one of those ones where it's like, share if you agree. And you're like, oh, God, it's going to be mm-hmm. horrible. Um, I'm definitely <laughs> not going to agree with whatever this meme is. And it was... Share if you're racist. Yeah, share if you're racist. Is that what it just said? It just said that. People's like, I don't like where this is going. (laughs) But it's like, so I think it was something like, share if you agree, um, British schools should fly the British flag and they should teach British history in schools. And I just replied with, but they do teach British history in schools. (laughs) And just left it there. Like, they do already. And no one's going to fly a flag above their school. But you've got to... And, yeah, it's difficult. You don't want to come down and 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 completely be too heavy because you're just never going to... You're never going to get through to people like that. I would have agreed with that, actually. I would have agreed because uh, they don't teach British history. I never learnt about the slave trade when I was in school. Mm, so selected British history. You're never going to get that, though, mate. Yeah, I mean, I would just... I would just debate them on that point. Just be like, yeah, no, I totally agree. British, The British slave trade is not hotly debated in schools. The British Empire is not taught in schools. We didn't learn about the uh, annexing of India in schools, which killed 
a lot of the population. I didn't learn anything about that. And just see what they say. No, you learn all about it when you get older and then you have that Mitchell and Webb moment where you go, are we the baddies? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Rachel's, yeah, maybe. Rachel's school do. This is where it's a benefit. Um, well, in some ways, not in every way, but it's a benefit that lots of schools can choose their curriculum now because Rachel's, as a history department, they're like, no, it is important that if we're teaching about the slave trade, we teach about our involvement in the slave trade, not just America or, you know, we've got to teach about... And then you look at the empire and you're like, to teach that properly, we've got to teach about the in the British empire. And so, but obviously, yeah, every school's not going to decide to do that. It depends on, depends on who you are. If you love history, you're going to love history regardless of how bad it makes you look. Hmm. Um, and and that that's actually very true because when I did uh, GCSE history and... I remember we did some stuff about slavery, but never mentioned the UK's involvement. It was all like slavery in the US. Yeah, I never learned about Colston. Mm. But then I don't remember learning about like Henry VIII. I didn't. I really. I don't remember any history. I knew about Henry VIII. Uh, what is it? Divorced, married, died. Divorced, married, survived. I don't know. So, Becca yeah. tells me this stuff, and I'm like, how do you know that? Annie wrote green sleeves. I know all that shit. He didn't, write, he didn't write. He didn't write green sleeves. He fucking did. He fucking did. And I can play it on guitar. Shakespeare. Shakespeare wrote green sleeves. <laughs> well, <laughs> Henry VIII took credit for it for sure. Shakespeare would have maybe written green sleeves if he existed. Yeah. I'm Shakespeare. Yeah, definitely. They didn't teach us about Shakespeare not existing. <laughs> But so, schools, schools teach you about the joy of learning. They don't teach you everything that there is to know. You should come out of school as a round, a well-rounded human being that wants to learn more. Yeah. And then as an adult, you, you go out and read Wikipedia. Schools do a bad job of giving you passion for learning. I agree. It's, it's my biggest criticism. It took me years to realize what I wanted to be more knowledgeable about. Um, nothing really sparked my interest because there wasn't enough passion from my teachers, I didn't think. Uh, it took until like my late 20s to start thinking oh i actually want to learn about something mm. yeah like they never did a good job of like sparking my interest to learn i bet private schools do because <laughs> they got big money lots of money <laughs> lots of money in their curriculum lots of tools all of that shit our public schools don't so this, this might be the episode where we lose the most about this is <laughs> We've had a good run. <laughs> this is a discussion about society, isn't it? The private school listeners have gone. They're out. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess we could tie it in. How does the ego tie into uh, our need to speak up for our beliefs? Because um, I, I have been finding this quite recently. I work with someone who I'm at odds with belief-wise, totally politically, like right. polar opposites. Uh, but I have to get on with him because I work with him every day. So superior and, or equal or or what? I'm his superior, but I don't really right, okay. I don't really like I don't feel comfortable with that, so I feel like it's fire. We've got to get we've got to get on in the end at the end of the day. We've got to get on yeah, in, yeah. in a level playing field. Um because I'm yeah, it just makes it easier for me. It's just funny to have the idea that Tiss is someone superior. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> 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 but yeah, it's it's uh how how do you hmm is is stating my beliefs constantly as bad as listening to his beliefs constantly even though i'm quote unquote right so is 
yeah, I find I find I'm finding more and more that where Brexit happened, where a lot of things are going wrong for the left wing, uh, I'm finding that it's maybe the middle ground that we have we've given up trying to concede any middle ground anymore. And as hard as it is for us, the person who can see the impasse in the argument is the person with the responsibility to find the to, to have the impasse. So even if racists can't see their own bullshit, and we can, and we shouldn't have to explain it to them, uh, that's, again, tied in with ego. Is that our ego sort of saying, I don't have to. This guy should fucking know what's right and what's wrong. But I'm finding to change the world... that I found this with veganism a lot, actually, is that the more people that I got interested in veganism was the ones that I, I never said I was vegan. I never tried to convert them. I just stated that I was. And the more... Uh, the, the less I said, the more interested they got. The more they ask. I was literally about to link it to that because we've talked before on the podcast about uh, vegans standing on bins shouting at everyone. Yeah. And that's never going to convince everyone to stop eating their bacon sandwich. No. It's never going to... If you shout at someone for doing something... If they are, even if they think they're, even if it makes them realize they're wrong, it's not going to make them realize they're wrong. Actually, it's no. going to piss them off because you're telling them off for doing something they're already doing. Exactly. Mm. Um, again, it's be the change. If people see you being a good person rather than you shouting at them, hopefully they'll see. Oh, actually, I like what he's doing. Totally. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So I'm not a vegan, but um, one episode of the pod, Tis recommended some. Sainsbury's sausage rolls went out, bought a few, they're banging. Fries. They're fucking banging, right? That's the way to convert <laughs> someone. They're so good. Yeah, if you want to convert people to veganism, just hand those out. Yeah, they are good. I had them after that episode. <laughs> I've, I've been making my own actually now. I get the just roll uh, pastry sheets and put vegan sausages in them and they're... <sighs> I've been doing... I've been making sausage rolls too. Oh, nice. They do, uh, they do a, 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 a vegan sausage mix at the world store around the corner from me. So I buy that. And then by the, yeah, it's well nice. That, some baked beans yeah. on the side. I'll have that for my dinner if I fancy a nice easy dinner. Fuck yeah, <laughs> exactly. There you go. There you go. No soapbox. It was just pure. Just one just, decent yeah. recommendation at a time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So, uh, yeah. He, that was, so you didn't shout at everyone to eat them sausage rolls. You just mentioned it on a podcast, said it was nice. That uh, James like, I'm going to try that, actually. It does sound pretty yeah. good. And for that one meal, I was a vegan. But if... if if I'd if I'd gone on and just been like these sausage rolls are the shit, other sausage rolls are bullshit, other sausage rolls can fuck themselves. If you're still eating normal sausage rolls, you're scum. Exactly, <laughs> people are just going to be like, "Hey, I like sausage rolls, and that's that's mean." Put it on the side of a bus. <laughs> can we just say the brand name again in case they send us any freebies? Uh, fries sausage rolls. God, I bloody love them fries sausage rolls that <laughs> is available in Sainsbury's. <laughs> I spent a good 20 minutes trying to find them as well, so I went, I really stuck it to the course. And they were worth it? And well, well, sure. That, that's already a L'Oreal tagline. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tiss, so Tiss, I guess that would, this feeds into your question. I'm going to make you mm -hmm. answer your own question. What mm -hmm. What is your, so Bobby was talking about, um, and my previous question was that what, what's your, what keeps you in check? What What's the thing that, that keeps your ego where you want it to be. What's yeah. what's yours? What's the driving force that that would maybe cause you to want 
to change this guy's belief, even if it uh, take away the part that he might be a, a racist or something. What else is there to make me change? Or how would I keep my ego in check? Uh, yeah, yeah. What make what keeps you at peace with yourself? Uh, a lot of self work. A lot of self work. Uh, being at peace with myself is a hard task, mm. but uh, I'd say working with psychedelics has really helped. Um, <laughs> every now and then. That's something you're recommending on the podcast. I wouldn't recommend it to other people. You didn't rub it down my throat, but it just sounded really nice. <laughs> there's, a, there's a hell of a lot of people. But uh, no, I wouldn't recommend other people to try psychedelics. I'd recommend people research for themselves what they would do. But for me, personally, uh, psychedelics help shine a light on my inner self. And it's helped me change a hell of a lot over the last few months. Uh, like quitting weed completely. Cold turkey. Haven't smoked weed in three months. Uh, feel very good about myself and um, yeah lots of stuff lots of self work uh, rationalizing things I will say that since you started since you started saying oh I'm working on this stuff more like thinking about my self worth uh, giving up weed all this stuff mm. I have noticed like a positive difference in you yeah mm. um, I've noticed more enthusiasm for things and more um just more like i don't know how not more cognizance because it that sounds like you're brain dead before but, <laughs> no i'd say like that just more like spirit more spirit in you i'd say a lust for life yeah yeah i'd say that mm. i i think marijuana got me through some hard times uh maybe it wasn't the best thing to do but it was the path that i chose and it did the job but now it its job is over and it's it's tight i found out it was time for me to start living again um it's not the same for everyone it worked for you until it stopped working for you yeah some people some people can have it in in moderation i had it in my own uh definition of moderation which uh is not moderation did you find you became dependent on it though if a tough time came up that was your kind of go-to solution uh, I mean, it was my go-to solution for every evening, so I wouldn't say <laughs> dependency. It was just a routine, if anything. Yeah. It was never like, mm. oh, I'm stressed. I'm gonna have to. It's just like I'm smoking weed anyway, so fuck it. But uh, yeah, and and then yeah, a lot of I've been uh, looking into rational emotive behavioral therapy, which has helped me a lot. That keeps my ego in check because it helps me rationalize the thoughts that go through my head and uh, compartmentalize them into actual things that I should worry about and things that are quite irrational. Um, and yeah, I guess that, keeping my ego in mm. check, is just constant constant work. But that, that's been working for me. But I think being aware of the ways you can improve and being aware of your flaws and saying, well, I want to change that by myself is part of the ego. It's be it about bringing it back to the ego. Uh, it's about, okay, so I, you're, you're conscious enough to analyze your own ego in a way of like, okay, so that is something I can change about myself for the better to bring myself back to that creamy middle, as I said earlier. 
Um, yeah. So sort of, we well, the key word of this episode seems to be balance. It's, the ego is balance. The ego is a positive thing if you can keep it in balance, and if you can see those negative things about you, move and see and try and change that. Yeah. Then it that's where the ego lies. The yeah. positive ego, and that Definitely. that ties into what you just asked about. Um, bringing it back to what you were saying about your beliefs and how your beliefs should impact other people and like how far should you go to try and help people see where they might be wrong and I think it's I think that might that is also because we acknowledge that there are times where we're wrong ourselves we're never right all the time like there are going to be times where we're wrong on things but I think why this is probably why this probably feels like such a new thing is um, probably since Brexit and Trump and everything else that's wrong with the world that we all hate, um, it feels like for a long time um, it was it was like, well, we don't have to talk about racism because we all know it's wrong, don't we? And now it's like, oh, hang on a minute. We all don't, we don't all think it's wrong. And some of us are, and it feels like, I guess some of that is social media, but it feels like a new thing. It feels like, oh, so now we're having to relearn how to voice that and how to use our, how do you influence people to, you know, how do we teach this when actually we thought that everyone else agreed with that very basic principle Mm. that you shouldn't hate on someone else because they're, because they're from a different nation. Um, yeah. So having to figure out how you try to impact other people when you don't agree with them, and actually you don't agree with them because they their beliefs might have a negative impact on other people, is a relatively new thing for us to work through. Maybe I don't know. There's been a lot of surprise, I think, for as these issues have come up, people being like, "Oh, I thought." we all agreed on that. Like you said, I thought we all agreed that that was bad. And they are actually loads of people didn't and didn't think there was a problem. Mm. Yeah. And it's readjusting to that new information of just like, wow, this is, I thought this was like, not, I thought we were on the same page here guys <laughs> to like the rest of fucking humanity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like, again, it's, it's, it's really hard. The, the balance word again, to, to, to know when to, to, to get the balance right, to talk to someone, to not, tell them i'm waving a fucking cooking spoon in my hand i don't know why um, <laughs> to to give someone information or your opinion or tell them without te- talking at them telling them like not standing on a bin saying be a vegan but trying to give them the information yeah um i was at a, a blm rally uh, a few months ago and um my, my dad was talking about the rallies being a load of nonsense he didn't know i'd been to one the previous weekend and i said uh, i said no I, I was at one last weekend actually and um i said it's it's I said, don't believe the media. It's not what they said. It was very peaceful. It was very well organized. There was a lot of like social distancing. The media is taking the worst pictures and posting them up and saying it's a riot. It's not what it is at all. It's a re- it was a really positive experience. And um, he said, yeah, but there, it doesn't. There isn't any racism, is there? It's all. I don't think people are racist. Like you were saying, beef. I thought we were all on the same page. He was just sort of saying, it's just a lot of nonsense, though, isn't it? Because it's not happening. And I was just like, no, no, it is. It is happening and it is out there. Mm-hmm. And rather than me having a go and, and saying, don't be so ignorant, I just said, no, no, there is a lot of it, actually. And uh, it was a really positive experience. And then he, he he was like, oh, okay. And that was the conversation. Mm-hmm. I didn't have an argument with my dad. I just said, no, this is my experience of it. I, I saw this and 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Boom. You can you can be positive. I had exactly the same thing. I went to a rally, but I had the opposite uh, um, reaction with uh, my apprentice. Uh, oh. He sort of said it was a riot. Sort of said about rioting or something like that, and I just went off and was like, "Do you know what a fucking riot is? Do you know, do you really do you understand what a riot is?" Because I went to it and there was no one kicking the shit out of anyone. It was very peaceful. Police did not get called to it. The police did not get hurt. It was just all reporting and stuff like that. But to go into that, this if we're going to go into it, the the whole Brexit thing and Donald Trump, we've got to ask ourselves why those things happened because they happened. Like, people, a, a dominant part of our society, not necessarily are racist, but are very closeted in kind kind of racist, but not racist racist, as they would put it, because they don't think they're racist. They think racism died uh, with apartheid and, you know, Martin Luther King. They think that that was when racism ended. But I think if we're going to go to the, 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 the question about debating people and when you should stand up for your beliefs, I think that we should, we need to have the strength to stand up for what we believe in, but in a way that like you did, Bob is have compassion for the other person rather than a combatant. And it's really yeah. fucking hard because some people like if they're not your dad and you don't have a sort of shared relationship with them, it's quite hard to really give a shit about them, but we have to have the strength to, to give them time of day and listen to their point of view and understand where they're coming from, even if their view is totally backwards to us. Without standing on a bin and shouting at them. Yeah, because Brexit happened. That's, that is why those things happen. Yeah. The, I'm, I'm going to have so much bleeping on this episode. The disenfranchised racists voted for what they thought. Everyone got sick of being shouted at each other yeah. and voted, what's the most opposite way I can vote against this person because I'm getting so sick of people shouting at me. Yeah, totally. I, I think it's... I think it's in trying... The key is trying to realise that every every belief that you have, whether it's politically driven or whether it's just about a brand, a particular brand that you prefer, that all comes from somewhere. That's all rooted in something. And I think it is in trying to realise, okay, the person I'm talking to here now is not inherently a complete evil arsehole. Like, there is good. There is good in this person. And it's just trying to find out why is it that you believe that and trying to empathise with that and trying to realise, okay. And for a lot of things, like, so for... There are some of my um, family members, not immediate family, but family, who... um, So we went to a family... Like, every now and then we have these family do's and everyone hates them, but we all go to it because we feel like we have to. Sounds fun. Um, where everyone goes and it's like the people that you don't see for years and you don't really know or really whatever. Um, and I was having a conversation with someone there who um, is a nice guy and I like him. But he started talking about Muslims and I was like, hello. All of a sudden this warning light goes off. <laughs> Um, and he realised partway through the conversation that I didn't agree with him. He wasn't saying anything horrendous, but I, I realised, I was like, he has, he believes that Muslims are, um, that all Muslims are extremists. That's his idea. That's his belief. I was like, it come to this, when you boil it down, it come, it came to this. And I was like, that's really interesting. Why do you think that? And in my head, I know is like I know it's because of your dad. Your dad probably also has those thoughts too. 
And it's just trying to, whilst you're not allowing it, you're empathizing with, okay, that belief came from something that was very real or feels very real to you. And it's just trying to, it's trying to not confront it. Like you say, Tess, you don't want to confront it in a way that's aggressive or superior, but it's just trying to realize that that came from something. It's not just some, no one wakes up one day and just, I'm going to be racist today. Yeah. No. It comes from something that's rooted within and it's just trying to find that root. And yeah. So you're not, you're not, um, you're not agreeing with someone. You're just listening to what it is that drives that belief. Yeah, because nobody's born racist, are they? That's the, that's the thing. It comes from somewhere. Some external force causes you to have these dark, terrible thoughts. For sure. Yeah. And it's kind of about analysing where that comes from and and attacking that root rather than them as a person. It's attacking their almost the, their their growth and what what's caused them to be be this this way and and what's caused that that line of thinking. Yeah. Beef and Tiss will know this, but um, I used to work with a guy who um, was a Nazi. <laughs> he, um, I didn't know that when I met him, and I took him on as like, I worked with my dad at the time as like a partnership, and we took him on as our like apprentice. He worked with us for a while. One day he took his top off really hot, and he had a big swastika tattooed across his chest. Was, was it Hitler? <laughs> it, 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 it was bizarre. <laughs> That's mental. And it was like, I was so shocked but I didn't know what to say. I didn't say anything. I was just like, fucking hell. And then he started telling us about how he went to, it came out more, I carried on working with him for a bit and it came out more of like, oh, he went to these rallies. He, um, they had the raffle, <laughs> the BMP raffle. I was like, what are they given? What part of you uh, thought this guy is just an absolute moron that he can't, you can't trust anything he says when he's got those base beliefs? No. Everything on top of that is... I was so shocked. Yeah. But what it was that shocked me the most is like, I thought he was a really nice guy. I worked with him for like a month before I knew this and I was like, oh God. Well, that makes you a Nazi. Like, I liked yeah. this guy. I thought he was a nice guy and then this... And it just made me realise that he had been so brainwashed. And the more he said, the more you could tell he had been brainwashed. Like he had been a bit like, uh, you know, the film American History X, where the guy, he like brainwashes the young disillusioned guys to become part of that that force. And that's what it reminded me of. And um, uh, we were sitting down one time and it said, um, it was like a, an anniversary of World War Two thing on the newspaper. And it said, um, it said like Adolf Hitler, uh, the world's biggest murderer, so the world's greatest murderer something like that uh history's greatest murder and he he was he was just like as if like they're trying to paint him in a bad light you know oh god they always like portray him like this what i thought he was gonna be like the world's greatest <laughs> no he said he actually said more like history's greatest genius <laughs> and carried on turning the page and i was just like jeez mm. i couldn't believe it obviously i don't work with him anymore <laughs> no some part of you makes so you feel sorry for that guy though, right? Because his his life's ruined essentially. Yeah, that's what it got like. Because we had a, he worked with us for a little bit longer after I found that out. It was like, oh, we're going to finish this site up because we sort of needed the, the manpower, and then we didn't call him back. But I always think back to him. I just like it was so weird to have that. Almost like he was like a case study for me for that extra time I worked with him. Like, how have you been so brainwashed? And it was almost like a sympathy that I felt for him because he it was like he wasn't had allowed to have his own opinions. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, well, one time we ordered Indian food. We were getting um, 
sort of splashing out. It was a late, late diet day on site with like, we'll get a takeaway at the end of the day. I really fancied a curry. Indian food's my favorite food. So I, I sort of suggested Dav as well up for it. And then he was so like, just the idea of eating Indian food. Made by foreigners. And so he, to make a statement, because he needed to eat, he purposefully ordered the spiciest thing on the menu because he saw that it as like he was beating them. Like, I can handle this. I can take the hardest thing you can give me. Oh. And he was, he'd never eaten curry. He doesn't like Indian food because it's made by an Indian person. It's tragic, isn't it? So he was eating the spice things bright red, sweating. I was watching him. But he finished it because it was like he'd had a small victory. It's kind of sad. Yeah, it's really sad. Oh, exactly. I was like, this is tragic. Um... I don't know. I, I just had all these memories because we're talking about like race relations and things like that. It just this memory of this guy came up. I'm just like, wow, it, it's just a fascinating sort of pocket of my life, my time actually working with this guy. Do you ever think he just takes his top off and looks in the mirror and thinks, fuck, what have I done? Yeah, he had, it wasn't just the, not the swastika, it was all sorts of um, unpleasant things. Mm. Yeah. Shocking. Jeez. So this is this is this is a heavy episode. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to make it a bit lighter now. I'm going to bring bring something a bit lighter. So my next question, my last question, is: um, Is the ego real? And what I mean by that is, is this which has come up on the show before? Is it just a simulation? Uh, is the ego just data? And are we made to think that we are unique and in control by this construct of the ego? I love simulation theory. It's my sort of my favourite things to lay awake at night thinking about. You guys have seen Rick and Morty, right? I've seen a bit. I'm like 99% sure that... So there's a game in that called The Roy Game. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that, no. So it's a, it's a video game that you plug yourself into and you wake up as a, an eight-year-old boy called Roy. Okay. And you live this life as Roy and you kind of realise that your decisions and everything add points to the game, but you don't know this as you're going out. And eventually you die of cancer at sort of age 80. And you wake up in this game and you, you take this helmet off and you're, you're there in, in the arcade. And you're not Roy, you're, you know, you're Rick and you're Morty. And I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure that we are living in a, in living in a simulation. Yeah, I come more and more convinced of it. I was, like, I was like convinced of it when Tiz first mentioned it, like on episode 10 of the podcast. And since he put that idea in my head, I've only become more and more convinced. It makes more sense to me mm. that this isn't real. But then you start thinking about ways to trick the simulation, right? How do you go full Neo and fly around? Yeah, I think me just being so sure is almost like I've got like a little relation with the guy above. Just like, I know, you know I know. <laughs> but what can <laughs> I do? I I'm still my- living this life. I'm still doing it. <laughs> the way I see it is my life is the most depressing game of Sims that's ever been played. Yeah, it just gives you a little bit more f- like of freedom, I think, of, of mind, just to be like, Could be. yeah, it's not real anyway. Doesn't matter if I murder these <laughs> these Nazi haters, then. Uh... <laughs> but that that could go the the wrong way as well. It doesn't matter anyway, and that's how you can get someone like running outside of a machine gun. So to, just to bring it down again. I was watching um, uh, the Black Mirror episode um, USS Callister. Yeah. Um, like last week, just rewatched it. It's probably one of my favourite episodes. Yes, very good episode. Um, and I think the reason I don't think about this is because I watch that and it it terrifies me. It upsets me when I think about it. When I see it depicted in something like uh, like James just said about the episode of Rick and Morty, I haven't seen that episode, but the just the idea of it upsets me. Yeah, because I'm like, oh god, this might be real. 
Yeah. Um, and like like you just said, Beef, like I that episode of Black Mirror is so good, but it upsets me. Just the thought that it's real, it could be real. This might be what is mm. is so chilling to me. <laughs> I think it's I think my answer would be that I, I don't know, is it just what another another thing that we've created a name for that we don't know how to articulate all of this, so we just call it ego. Mm. And it's just Different psychologists have different takes on it over the years, don't they? Well, it's the same reason there's so many conspiracies. It's making order out of chaos. We can't accept that the world is so random and chaotic. So we need to make a a, a reason. Um, It's what the most negative people would say religion was. It's what people would say simulation theory is. It's what people say conspiracy theory is. It's basically an answer for like most beliefs that anyone has. It's like, we can't accept chaos. We've created an order. Yeah. Yeah, what do you think, Tess? But that's incredibly negative. <laughs> what was the original question? I had a really good answer and I've just uh, I've been listening and I forgot. Is the ego real? Well, it, it was, yeah, but is, is the ego real? Is it just data? Are, are we in this simulation? Uh, are we made to think we're unique and in control? And I guess that could be made, that could also be not necessarily simulation theory, like a higher being. Uh, if you want to bring it to religion that's created us yeah i mean my theory my theory which isn't something that i necessarily believe well i guess i kind of believe it it's the best it's the best theory i've got so i'll I'll say it um i think that if if you're an infinite being right and you can you're just living for infinite amount of time you can experience everything the most interesting thing you could do is put yourself in a finite being's body for a whole lifetime and live in this chaotic world and experience i I think that we are all that infinite being experiencing itself subjectively constantly we are living inside the universe which it lives in which we live in like a russian nesting doll of consciousness i thought you were talking about jesus then (laughs) (laughs) and yeah that that's what i think an infinite infinite being wants to experience something crazy like you said with roy so it puts itself in a finite body uh with whatever privileges we get born with it's it's totally random but it experiences every single one so it experiences bob's life experiences my life i say it i all of us i uh we're all experiencing this life through every different possible body we could do it's just an infinite mother brain yeah so the ego is a construct created to forget how infinite and godly we are it's just simply uh, a character to latch onto it's a different character for everyone makes it interesting makes it spicy so you said you're still using them psychedelics, Yertis. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of a short story written by Andy Weir, the guy who wrote The Martian. You, uh, it's called um, it's a piece called The Egg. Right now, I'm not familiar. And a guy wakes up from a car crash and he's dead, and he's walking alongside God, and he says to God, "You know, is 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 this the afterlife? Am I in heaven?" And God's like, "No, essentially, you're living multiple lives. So you're going to go on next to your to your next life." But it's a little bit more complicated than that. And the fact that he lives through every life that has ever existed in history. Mm. So his next life is going to be living in inside the the peasant life of a someone from like feudal Japan or something like that. And the idea is that he is a, a mini god, and he his 
evolution to become a full god is living every human life that's ever existed. Right. So that's another another theory. Hmm. It's like infinite knowledge. To exactly. Yeah, you've got to live the life. Walk of a mile in everyone's shoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the cobbler with Adam Sandler. Yeah. So you have to be the Nazi, <laughs> the Nazi guy, right, before you can uh, fully appreciate what it's uh, what it's like to be the whole of human existence. Mm, okay. Mm. <laughs> it got really heavy then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think about it all the time. Simulation theory. Um, I just wanted to throw it in. Any any chance to bring it up in, on the podcast, <laughs> I will. So that that was just my way of bringing it up in this. Amazing. So to go back to your question, Bob, my my thought would be, um, I think therefore I am, and right. which means I have an ego. I think I have an ego. Therefore, I have an ego. Does yeah, that makes sense. That that would be my yeah. my thoughts on it. Yeah, I like it. The fact that you're even thinking about it validates its own existence. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. We've all sort of we all got lost in thought then a little bit. <laughs> We're all just sort of <laughs> contemplating our lives. It's a lives. very introspective subject. It's hard not to uh yeah. Pretty, yeah, for sure. This is one of our deep. most like heavy episodes I think we've ever done. It's good though. Yeah. We need it to balance the shit that we put out. I, I said to Becca like the last run of Weird Tales was the lightest run I think we've ever done. Yeah. We had like mm. Men in Black, Simpsons Predictions, Stupid Weird News. Even the prophecy, which could have been heavier, was like fun because it was like an experiment that me insisted. So I was like, everyone who's saying it's so light and fun at the moment is going to be in for a shock when they get this one because I knew it was going to get heavy. Yeah. Because just this topic alongside like how many times has one of us gone into like things to do with race and things to do with the state of the politics in the world right now and things like that because it's so linked to ego and it's so in our brains all around us at the moment it's hard not to mm. go into and we normally yeah. avoid it with weird tales because we're normally talking about you know dinosaurs or zombies or whatever we've chosen that week but when we're talking about the self and your know, morals and things like that of course it's the real us baby yeah <laughs> one episode only i think some of the best episodes you guys do is where it starts out thinking well, this isn't that weird but you get two hours in and you think Fuck it, it's pretty weird. Mm. Yeah, that's it. So to go back to your first initial question, why did I choose this subject? I can't, I've, we kind of yeah. explained it. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> See you guys next week. <laughs> that was all part of your plan, right? You were like, uh, I, I'll act like I don't know why I chose it. And at the end, I'll be like, now you know, baby. That's, you know. that's, <laughs> that's my tactic for everything in life. I, I fake it till I make it, baby. And it's worked so far. My little mini question, I guess, if I'm allowed a question, would be... Yeah, yeah. you think humans are born with an ego? So when you're... Or, you know, if not, when, when do you develop it? What age do you get an ego? I know the answer to this question. Brent, perfect. Oh, tell us, Beef. Explain. <laughs> Is there a definitive answer? <laughs> yeah, we're not allowed an opinion to this. Beef's got it. <laughs> the definitive one. From the Book of Beef, Chapter 1. So... Psychologists would say, um, or well, not every psychologist. I need to like preface that. Um, some would say no, um, which is why it's your your parents have such a responsibility to shape it for you. So when you're growing up, you don't like, and you you see it. We see it occasionally with um, with Joel. Like it's like a toddler. Their instinct is is that kind of survival mode type stuff. Yeah. So when there's another toddler around, I don't want to share. This is my stuff. 
and it's like so you as a parent have to um it's mental i didn't i couldn't read all of it because it scared me i was like i'm a parent so this is the responsibility i have um is my job to condition joel to not be an asshole mm. and it's it's like it's trying to teach him those things and that's why um i didn't realize this but apparently that's why so much of kids learning before they get to school is just about like sharing kindness um going vegan appreciate yeah basically it's just all those typical things um and we still see it occasionally with joel like him not wanting to share or and it's it's those things um and then you slowly see it you slowly see that he's this learned behavior that children pick up on and you can see it's different depending on the upbringing they've had um so yeah i guess that would be my the way i would look at it is that you um and that that's why you get some children who they they will get to school with with like no self-esteem whatsoever no sense of self because they've never had the attention that children need they've never had the kind of um, they've never been pushed or challenged the way that children need to be challenged. You know, they're not learning as quickly as they need to. You like the learning that you do in those first years shapes who you are as a human for the rest of your life. And it's like crucial to make sure that you get those elements right. And yeah, it's, which is why I, I sort of feel like for Joel, like, so for example, one thing we have never sat down and said to him, Right, today we're going to learn the alphabet or today we're going to look at numbers. But he just instinctively loves those things. He loves learning about... He knows his alphabet. He can count to, I don't know, maybe like 30 without us like stepping in and trying to help him. Um, and he seems to be naturally quite intelligent. But we haven't... Even Rachel has to keep emphasising it. She's like, I know I'm a teacher and I know the easy answer is you must sit down with him for hours every day and teach him these things. Like, I don't. He just naturally wants to do these yeah. things. And it's like, yeah, we're still... And yet, even though those things come naturally to him, every now and then when he's with our niece, he's like, no, that's my toy. You're like, no, we're sharing, remember? Remember, that's a nice thing to do. Um, and I guess that's maybe that's ego. And maybe before you get to implement those things in a child's life, that's why a lot of instincts is survival still and having to like, because at one point they were just a sperm rushing to the egg to try and get there to, to create those. Yeah. To create is life. that, yeah. does a sperm have ego? Does a sperm have ego? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's all ego. The sperm is all egotistical. I'd say a baby has an ego. I'd say baby has a very infantile ego and then it gets built up over time. Yeah, I guess so. I guess it would be when does the uh, ego become fixed on its desires. A lot of what Beef just said like echoes all the ideas we've been saying throughout the episode. It's it's balance. It's allowing, it's instilling a good moral and a, massaging a good ego to your child without telling them without being the person on the bin chatting at them it's allowing them to have their own self whilst giving them the idea of what is the positive yeah way to think allowing that it's allowing their own ego to develop whilst pushing it in the right direction and saying well this is this is the good thing without saying do this 
Yeah. Like showing them by example, this is the way to be nice. This is the way to be good. Yeah. And it's, I think I'm very conscious that, um, that I still, yeah, like we still obviously want him to be his own person. And so every now and then he's like, give him a pack of facts. Yeah. yeah. What do you think? Smoke through them and see what happens. (laughs) Make your own decisions. Uh, (laughs) No, it's more like, so like, for example, a few weeks ago, um, Rachel was like, okay, you need to put shoes on if you want to go outside. So like, I'm going to go play outside. And like, okay, you need to put your shoes on. He goes, no, I'm not going to do that. Rachel's like, no, you need to put shoes on to make sure your your feet don't get hurt when you're outside. And he went, no, I'm not going to put shoes on. So she went, okay. And just let him crack on. Yeah. Lo and behold, he falls over and like slices his toenail and starts bleeding everywhere. And we're like, what did you learn? I put shoes on. Terrible me Daddy told me to. Terrible like, Yeah, parents. exactly. You learned the hard way, mate. But um, I saw a really interesting. Uh, Rachel was watching. Social this. services are listening to this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we hurt our child on purpose. Yeah, I think I might edit that bit out. But if... that someone's going to make a soundbite of me saying that exact <laughs> sentence. Um, but it's it's like I'm very conscious. Um, for example, when it comes to my faith, so I got to a certain age. I've said this before on the pod, but that I got to a certain age, and my parents asked me if I wanted to go to church. They it they it became a sense they're like, okay, well we can the reason we've been taking him to church with us is because he we can't trust him at home without like setting the house on fire. So he's gotta come with us because, you know, we're still his parents, we need to look after him. But it got to a point when my mum and dad were like, Okay, well do you want to come with us? So I was like, Oh well all I've known is going to church. So let's try the opposite. Let's try never going and see what happens. And so I've I went on that my own journey kind of developing and learning for myself whether that was the right path for me and we, I'm very anxious I want to make sure that Joel gets the same um, kind of freedom in a in a sense he's always gonna kind of you know for example there'll be things that we always do instinctively like I don't know praying before meal times or praying before bed or something like that that might influence him but we're trying hard to make sure that he's still got that freedom to develop his own his own ego in that sense it's really hard it's really weird it's a strange thing to mm. to think about well I had the opposite experience growing up going to church my parents aren't Christians so I rebelled by going to church I'll show you <laughs> I love people <laughs> and they say don't, don't need to go to church every week surely I mean, you know, God knows God knows you're there I'm like oh. so it's all part of their master plan they pretended they didn't want to go <laughs> to get you there. <laughs> Little do I know. Reading the Bible in the, in the dark. Bastards. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to become a Satanist. I'll, I'll teach him. In terms of <laughs> when do, do are we born with ego, I think when we... Div- when we I think when you when you have around small children, I, have, I've, I grew up with lots of very young siblings when my parents separated and started their own families. I was basically an adult and watched children grow up around me. And I think at some point you see them start realizing they are a person. They realize themselves. And I think when they do that, it's almost like that's the ego develops. Oh, I am this. I have a self and now I have an ego. And, you know, that happens pretty quick. I don't think you're born with an ego. I think you understand the moment you understand you are a living being separate from the other living beings around you. One of your first thoughts, probably when you start becoming more cognitive, that's when that's your ego coming into existence. There we go. Nice. So, uh, wow, what uh, are we all done? Have we got any more questions? I only had, um, I, I might have a really silly one to finish. You can do a quick fire. You can do a quick fire. Um, so I was thinking about how when I'm trying to f- like voice 
what I think and when I'm trying to like get my thoughts straight. Um, I I talk. I find I think I talk to myself quite a lot. Yeah, same. I do. You guys talk to maybe not I talk to myself but, all the time, all the time. Do you? Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel better now. <laughs> silly things, even like uh, I I talk to myself about the most silly things. If I'm if I'm um, practicing, if I know I've got to do a podcast later. This is this is completely candid. I will think, okay, how am I going to start the show? And I'll be out loud going, hey, this is probably just into weird tales. And I'll say, oh, and then I'll do this and I'll say this and I'll say something like that. It never happens because it, when as soon as I start recording, we all just talk in our own way. But I run through things way in advance before I do them all the time. Mm. Even ideas like, oh, what if I did this? And then I run through that scenario out loud as I, without even thinking I'm doing it intentionally when I'm driving along, walking around the house. Always talking to myself. This was all a ruse to get me to admit that, right? About <laughs> <laughs> you, Tess. I will. Uh, I will talk. I'll. Uh, I'll tell people off in my car um, without telling them off. I'll just, you know, have a little bit of a microaggression. But I don't really talk to myself apart from that. Just say, mm. you know, wanker, fucking, c- what are you doing? What are you fucking doing? That sort of stuff. That's a <laughs> um oh no i I have proper proper conversations (laughs) i do it all in my head because i realize that my phone's probably listening to me so keep it all up there right (laughs) to trick your phone (laughs) yeah i suppose so yeah when you put it like that i guess (laughs) your phone can read your mind anyway so it's all yeah you may as well just say it out loud you can't hear what i'm saying if i don't talk dickhead (laughs) (laughs) that's it exactly Use a VPN and don't talk, and they won't be able to know what you're doing. Cut your tongue out and start showing. <laughs> Actually, I was having a conversation with Siri the other day. That was quite fun. Is us talking to ourselves? Is that what you're hypothesising, Beef? If us talking to ourselves is our ego giving voice, talking to our own ego, talking to ourselves, the self. Us talking to ourselves. That's two people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's that, us mm. talking to ourselves. Yeah. We are we are more than one person. I guess so. Yeah. Who's us and who's self? I'm actually referring to me as we as well. We are more than one person. That's very odd. Yeah. A lot of the time when I talk to myself, this is going to be, this might make me, you guys might not want to talk to me after this. But I start, a lot of the time I'm like trying to, I'm reflecting on things other people might have done or, or I'm trying to like second guess the way people might behave if I do a certain thing or if I say a certain thing or like, um... I don't know. I, I I don't know. I guess I find comfort in trying to voice those mm. things. I don't know. It keeps me sane talking to myself. So you're talking about so an example of that. Obviously, this is more mundane. It's more everyday. But as an example of that, like if you had a job interview, would you then talk through the job interview before you went and put on the questions that the other person might say and respond to it? Yeah, definitely. I definitely do that as well. I do it for like most mundane everyday things as well, though. Every day, even if I'm pulling up on a new site, I'll run through. I've been through a million sites. I, I work on different sites every day. I meet different site agents all the time. And I still sometimes when I'm pulling up to a new site, run through what the opening gambit might be with the site agent, what what the conversation might go like. Oh, hi, I'm just here from... Uh, all right, mate. I, I just I, literally, it's insane. It's insane when I say out loud. I do it all the time without thinking. Yeah, that's not insane. I'm getting near to a new thing. I talk out loud what a scenario might be when I get there. I do it as well if I've got to have 
not necessarily even a difficult conversation with someone. Just that if I now I've got to oh. talk through it, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to say. What then might they say? Yeah. And try and get it right in my head before I go through it. Definitely. It's weird. I feel like I like I feel like there's blank stares for the other two. For like me and Beef, <laughs> insane. <laughs> I'm with I don't I don't ever talk to myself. I think think for myself, but never never vocalise it. I don't need to. I don't need to hear my own voice. I feel like Beef said this thinking that, and he was like very tentative. And when I was like, yeah, yeah, all the time, I said that thinking, oh, Beef does this, so I'm not the only one. <laughs> thinking we'd all go, oh yeah, yeah, we all do that, don't we? <laughs> and now me and Beef look like a puff full of fucking idiots. I talk to myself when I'm going through a list of stuff. If I'm going through, like, if I'm at the van and I've got to walk miles, so I'll be like, right, what are we doing? Right, I've got this to do, that to do, blah, blah, blah. And I guess it just consolidates your thoughts a lot simpler. Maybe your way of doing it is actually a way more mm. uh, surefire way, like writing lists and stuff like that. Oh, no, no, no. I heard, I actually heard about this recently. So... There are two ways that our brains work. Mm-hmm. Uh, this really unlocked something for me. So some people can think in full sentences in their head and others can't. Mm. And people who can't will generally talk out loud because they can't really mentalize full conversation or th- sentences in their head. It doesn't make them... It, there's no way that it's like right or wrong or more clever or more not. It's just ways that our brains work. No. And some people will think out things in their head and some people will verbalize that thought. So, um, you know, when you watch films and the person is, you hear the inner monologue of a person. Yeah. Um, not everyone hasn't, can have an inner monologue like that. That's interesting. I started thinking about it and I was like, I have inner monologue. And then when I thought about it more, I was like, no, I don't. I don't have an inner monologue. I always have to vocalize or write things down. Mm. And that is what B's talking about. Does that depend on the kind of learner you are? Because some people are kind of audio, audio learners and they'll learn through actually physically hearing something through their own ears. Mm. And if you're alone, then you need to visually or auditorily coach yourself through a through a conversation. I generally feel like if I read something aloud, I take it in a million times better, to the point where sometimes if I read a book to myself, if people say this is like an evidence of like a stupid person, I can read a book in silence. But sometimes I will find myself speaking aloud as I read a book and it helps me take it in better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think most humans can remember song lyrics better than a, better than a book because it's going in through your ears, right? Hmm. Interesting. I, c- I could probably remember stuff better if I talked out loud. I'm just too lazy to, so I just think about it. <laughs> That's what I see it as. I don't see it as less or more. It's just, I'd say your guys' uh, tactics help you guys a lot better. And my tactic probably doesn't help me, but it just get, I get by. My, me talking aloud before I get somewhere is more like uh, it like calms an anxiety. Yeah. Even if it's like something I've done a million times, if I r- just run through a scenario of it in my mind before I arrive there, it like calms. Yeah. Some sort of micro anxiety I may have. I think I found a different use for it as well. So I do it quite a lot after I've seen a movie, or if I've played through a game with quite an intense storyline, I have to process it because. It feels like it used to be so black and white, like you either liked something or you didn't like it. And now I feel like storytelling in media has taken such a turn and it's become way more complex that actually I need to like get it out, I need to say it. I do that. So last 
like when I complete a game or something, I have to like sit with Rachel and I'm like, can I just sit and talk to you about this? Because I need to actually figure out my, what I think. Yeah. And um, like you guys know, I've been playing Last of Us. I completed that and Rachel was asleep. I was like, oh shit, I need to get this out. I need to like process all these thoughts and get them all out. So I sat there and just talked to myself in the living room. I do that. Um, I do that. I'm so glad, Beef. I'm so glad that I'm not the only person. <laughs> you don't understand what a relief this is. So the more I think about it, it's, I don't like talking. I don't like to... So if I have a conversation with my wife, I'd hate to, I hate talking. I'd rather if she could just read my mind, that'd be a lot better. Yeah. If I could just transit my thoughts and, and she could just interpret it that way, that'd, that'd be incredible. Because then I don't need to physically... I'm just terrible at voicing my emotions. Maybe it's a man thing. But I'm not sure. I think it's. I, I can't shut up. That's why I'm on multiple podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, that's a massive revelation, and I, I don't know if I feel better or worse about myself. I feel much happier. Hmm. Uh, so let's start wrapping up because it is getting on. This is a longie, and there's not much to cut out. This is all killer, all killer, no filler. This episode, guys. Do you want a really good listener of the week while we're starting to wrap up? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So we received this in the post um, a few weeks ago. It says, Hi, Weird Tales. I hope you like these two cross-stitches I made for you whilst listening to the pod, of course. Cross-stitches. Oh, my God. You made the lockdown that bit easier with you three keeping me, my partner John, and our cat Sabrina entertained. Oh, I can't wait. Thank you guys so much for all the work and love that goes into the pod. The friendship between you three makes my favourite pod to listen to. Oh, man. All the best, Hannah Albone. And uh, she said that her and her partner sometimes listen to the pod together whilst playing chess together. So we no. have the Weird Tales logo cross-stitch right oh, here. That's, that's fucking sick. That's and, great. And the Sage and Prey cross-stitch <laughs> that she did right here. Oh. Oh, my God. I love it. That's amazing. That's so good. So oh that was God. a fantastic surprise. And I've been, like, waiting. To t- I really wanted to tell you guys. But I thought I'll wait till the pod. I'm so happy. <laughs> That's great. That's commitment. Brilliant, isn't it? Wow. Yeah. So. Sage oh, and pray. Thank oh, you so man. much. Hannah, a well-deserved listener of the week. Listener of the week. Yeah. I think we'll make it onto the merch store soon. Sage and pray across the street. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> you could get them as kits. Get the kit, yeah. That's it. Get the Sage and Prey kit, Weird Tales kit. for sure. So I knew you guys would like that one. Um, and I've also got a really good pet of the week as well. Go for it. So let me get this up. I've got a picture here to show you guys. This is a surprise. We haven't had this animal before. <laughs> oh. oh, it's a hedgehog. As well. Oh, cool. So uh, they said, this is my groundhog, Sammy. He is a rescue hedgehog. Some heartless individual moved out and left him behind. Fortunately, the roommate had a heart and placed him in a rescue group uh, where my daughter, the doctor, found him. He's a very sweet, friendly boy. He loves coffee, meat and mealworms and he is not fond of baths. So Sammy, pet of the week. Oh, man. And thanks to Roberta for messaging us that amazing hedgehog. (laughs) That is awesome. That's really awesome that now has a now has a home to live yeah. in as well. Mm. So that was a that's a really good listener of the week and pet of the week to start off this new run of episodes. 
Listeners, I just said new round of episodes. You've got another five episodes in a run here. So after this one, uh, me, Beef and Tiss are going to do an episode each as usual. And then you'll get a, a revisited with me and Rick. And guess what? This year, there's going to be a Halloween campfire. Hey. Do you think I've jumped the gun with announcing that scene as we only decided it like today? <laughs> Pin down a date. And let's take it. Yeah, so this is this is me saying it on an episode, so we have to do it. Uh, so there will be a Halloween episode this year. I know people missed it when we didn't do them on previous years, but yeah, I'm looking forward to doing it. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, same location. It's really great for us to get together because we don't see each other in person so much anymore. Yeah. So really looking forward to that. I was thinking that exactly the same thing. I was really missing just... A, I, I just really valued the times when we could go to the pub. Yeah. We didn't go often, but just those times where we all lived in the same place and those pub nights were just great. And then, yeah, the campfire. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Taken for granted. Tissy, I take it you're going to be driving from Bristol? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Jim Boswell's coming. He wanted to know if he could have a lift. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, you can. You can have a lift. <laughs> I'll leave that on the episode. Uh, <laughs> so that got proof that you said yes. <laughs> I'll make him listen. I'll say listen to the now. end of the episode. He'll give you the answer on it. Tiss, you have to do it now. You got to bleep that. You got to bleep the answer. <laughs> okay, just leave him me. hanging. <laughs> so anyway let's, uh, let's wrap this up this has been a longie uh, so if you want to get in contact you can do so unexplainableuk at mail.com that's the email or you can use uh, the website weirdtales and the unexplainable.com you can message us on there you can find links to our social media pages you can find ways to support the show uh, monetarily by merch all that stuff it's all on weirdtales and the unexplainable.com um, you can also buy what am I saying you can support my time editing uh, this and my other podcasts at uh, patreon.com slash bobshoy and there's one more oh you can buy uh, bonus episodes at bobshoy.bandcamp.com that's my name b-o-b-s-h-o-y I also have a new podcast starting soon uh, first time I'm announcing this but uh, 5 Minute Folklore will be wrapping up soon I think I've mentioned that before uh, I have two episodes left of that and as soon as that's done I have a brand new show starting one that's less time intensive than 5 Minute Folklore with a brand new host so stay tuned for more information on that uh, in the future but it's going to be fun um, so look forward to that and I think that's everything sounds good to me I'm racing through these outros nowadays yeah so amazing have we got anything else to say before we say goodbye that's it fries uh fries sausage rolls are available (laughs) from sainsbury's (laughs) they're a pain in the ass to find though bloody hell i must have spent 20 minutes (laughs) james thanks so much for joining us thank you for having me guys it's been a pleasure absolutely fantastic guest i mean it maybe we should have got someone who was a complete Nazi racist just to throw a very different voice in the ring but then I think this episode would have been four hours instead of two Uh, it was (laughs) but it was a pleasure to have you well I'll see you guys at the campfire with a with a a swastika tattoo on my chest (laughs) just to see how long it takes one of us to say something after all our blowhardness yeah so thanks so much it's been a pleasure and uh, yeah yeah thanks guys that was good yet again And to the listeners, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back in two weeks' time. Uh, I'm doing an episode, and I don't know what it is yet. But see you then. Love you lots. See ya. Bye. 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 Love you, love you, love you. Bye, bye, bye.
James is a fan girl. Big fan. Big fan. That's what I like to hear. But um, I haven't really explained the process. No. Have I said anything? There's not really much you need to do. You just chip in when you want to. Yep. Sounds good. Yeah, we haven't. We didn't do one in 2019. I've completely forgotten really how not. discussion episodes work. We haven't done one remotely ever, have we? Oh wait, we did one. The last one we have never done one digitally. No, so this is. Wait, did we do one with Yasim, or were you here? You were here. Yeah. yeah, we were at yours. What was that about? What was that discussion? Um, that was reality. Right. That was a good one. <laughs> But it ended up just me going off on one about <laughs> the world. Where you were ranting about university degrees and yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the next episode I'd signed up to university. <laughs> yeah, that was you just. Let's see what we can get you signed up to this uh, this week. Getting out of your system. I'm a parody of myself. <laughs> I just accept it now. I like to think that you're there's that that part of you that just that just has to give over, but you want to have your last hurrah. It's like no, I'm going to rebel against this, and then. I've yeah, had my moment. I'm going to be dragged kicking and stre- screaming into something by myself. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's it. <laughs> and then actually, this is quite nice. I call, I'll call it this. <laughs> that's um, that's the, e- the, e- the, what's it called? the episode that I got hate mail for as well anyway. Oh, for actual, apparently I'm a whiny bitch. Letter. They wanted to beat me you up. You got a hate mail? No, it was an email. He wanted to punch me in the face in front of my girlfriend because I'm a whiny bitch or something. In it was a really long email. In front of your girlfriend? What is, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. How does, what's the dynamic of that? It was really, really long and detailed and hateful. That's some sort of sexual thing, isn't it, right? That's got to be. He's yeah. off on that. Who is that? Was it someone that we I know? did. Um, I, he went off on a real long one. It, yeah, no, no, no. It was someone in America. He did a long Jibs. rant. He really hated me. He was definitely older than us and saying, like, grow up, blah, 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 your generation. And I emailed back to his really long email Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the best response. <laughs> Man shouts at cloud. <laughs> yeah. The things that some people find offensive is shocking, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that people don't like me, but just turn off and listen to something else. Things that people email in about are shocking. It's, I'm fine if they're offended, yeah. but the fact that they go to them... The detail, like that's that guy who picked us up on not uh, mentioning how socialist John Jones was. It's like Jesus fuck. That email was I long. Got, um, I got said I should go to be taken to court by someone. I'm the only one who's ever had hate, and I've had it twice. <laughs> I got told I, was, I should be taken to court because I'm disgusting. Because I dared say on an episode that Michael Jackson was a pedophile. Yeah, he said he was a pedophile. He was definitely a pedophile. I'm joking. They were defending Michael Jackson and saying that I was defaming him. Uh, after he had died and I should be taken no, to court he defamed himself by having sex with children <laughs> yeah exactly if you <laughs> hang out of kids in your mansion and look like a pedo you're a bit glutton for it if I'm honest <laughs> you could do so much to stop those opinions but you just you know yeah stop having Macaulay Culkin sleep in your bed <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm recording a podcast of soon and I know Michael Jackson's going to come up in it and I can't wait to say he's a paedophile on it you, again you him on? to see us on the email me. <laughs> What's that? Have you invited uh, Michael on? Is he, he going to make an appearance? Uh, hopefully. We need to get a Ouija board set up for a uh, follow-up to <laughs> that. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so I just realised I haven't introduced James. This is James. Yo. Hi, James. I'm Bob. Nice one. I'm Tess. I know who you guys are. I've seen you in uh, Beef's <laughs> wedding photos. Oh, good. He asked to come round especially. Yeah. Can I have a look at your photo yeah. so I can see Bob and Tears? 
I need to. Uh, I haven't seen those photos actually. What what photos are they? The ones that beef's wedding. My favourite one is the one of me and Tiss getting changed in beef's old bedroom. Because <laughs> <laughs> it looks like we're getting ready to go to a movie premiere or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a good photo of um, all of us queuing t- for my dad to do up our cravats. <laughs> oh, that's I haven't. I can't remember that, that one. I got to see one. that one again. All of us realised it's not good. the same as doing a patai and uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the sandwiches that turned up in the morning. That's what I remember. They were banging. What do you mean turned up? You mean I, went, I had to go and get oh, them? Oh yeah, <laughs> well, they turned up for me. <laughs> Was it was it a good wedding? Did you guys did, you, did beef treat you well? It was such a good wedding. It was amazing. I've got my flask yeah, still. Yeah, it was a fantastic wedding. Thanks, guys. I I uh, I drink whiskey on the reg out of my uh, out of my Usher flask. <laughs> yeah, nice. Good. Are we all ready to go? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Shall I do it? Yeah, go for it. He did write green sleeves. He fucking did. He fucking did. And I can play it on guitar. God, I bloody love them fry sausage rolls available in Sainsbury's. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.